here is really that serious. Better holler if you really feeling me. I gotta keep it a hundred. If you don't like it, then fuck it. Ay. We gonna win in the end. Yeah, we gonna live in abundance. I gotta keep it a hundred. If you don't like it, then fuck it. Ay. We gonna win in the end. Yeah, we gonna, we gonna, we gonna. I gotta keep it a hundred. We gotta stop all the stunting. You know we coming from nothing. Yo, you talking about money, you bluffing. We gotta do something different. We gotta change how we live in. We gotta do better for women. We gotta do better for children. We gotta listen to victims, whether Jewish or Muslim or Christian. It doesn't matter your religion. You gotta stand against the system, or else you're just another villain. How you just sitting there chilling? Peace, everyone. Peace. Um, thank you so much for everybody that's uh, going to be listening to this. And if you're on right now, I see just one person on right now. Thank you so much for checking me out. Um, we are back. I know it's been, you know, almost two weeks since I dropped a new episode. I was on vacation. I put it on my podcast. I let people know. I let people know that I was going to come back. So I'm so excited um, for to have this special guest. Um, we're going to get into the nitty gritty talking about trans rights and how important it is to stand in solidarity with our fellow trans people. Uh, me, myself, as an LGBTQ member who identify as pansexual, I never know at all what it's like to be trans. There are two different things, people, and I'm tired of people conflating it as the same thing. And I want to bring on someone that can definitely have this conversation with without all that buzz out there where people just keep saying the same mainstream fascist talking points 24-7 everyone's just repeating everyone else that are against this and i am so tired of always being asked and it's not your fault people that have asked me i'm always asked about this about my opinion and i always say exactly what my fellow trans brothers sisters and um siblings um of any uh of any identity will tell me how they feel and i tell them how they should feel um because I tell people how they should feel about how people that are that are of this identity are going through their stories. And I am tired of being asked 24-7. So again, we're going to have this conversation because this is not even like it was the first time ever with this episode. Again, we're going to have this conversation again, just like we did last time and again and again until we need to keep on going because this fight is not just about... Um, this fight is just about everyone having the right to be who they want to be. Without further ado, I want to bring on my guest. You know her. She was here before talking about a lot of different issues. She is so well knowledgeable. Carly Webb, thank you so much for coming on. <laughs> Brother and comrade Jamar, it's always good to be here. It's always good. It's always good to be here because your podcast, I call it the people's media. Because okay. you're bringing you're bringing all sorts of news and views that most people you're not getting them anywhere else. So I thank you for having me here, and I'm looking forward to having a great conversation. Thank you so much for taking the time to come on, Carly. Um, and we we are going to get right into it. But first of all, um, you mentioned that you have your Substack that is up and uh, running very well, soon. Congratulations! Yeah, my my, <laughs> my Substack my Substack will start May first. It'll have it'll be starting off with some free content, but there will be subscriber based. And if you want to make a donation to it, the the information will be at the sub will be on the Substack because what I'm looking to do is 
in a sense, do more thing is is to have the opportunity to do some more things, put some put some more news and views out there, but also put some creative vibe out there as well. You know, I'm, I'm a spoken word poet, I'm a creative writer, and I want and I decided I want to build that opportunity. You know, kind of work on that a little bit. In addition to the work I do for the Pride for Socialism and Liberation, in addition to the to the work I do for Outsports, and I want to have an opportunity, and I also want to be at the point where I can have others who are looking to break in and get the content out there and get the stories out there to be a conduit to them as well. So that's why I started the Substack, and also I want to make a, a special announcement as part of this drive. I've gotten together with a group of people who've decided group other group of trans people who are creatives who are content creators led by a person based out of Washington DC named Anunci Matrix Anunci Matrix is a good friend of mine came up with this idea that they wanted to build a, a portal for trans creatives for us and by us and it's called Transpire Media so I'm going to announce to your audience that I'm also going to be a part of this effort I'm going to create some content for them be a part of them and also my podcast, The Transporter Room, which has been on hiatus or trying to find sponsors, will be a part of the trans in or the Transpire Media family as we head into the summer months. We're looking to get back by late by Memorial Day weekend or early June. But the Transporter Room podcast will be back and it's gonna come back kicking some butt. We're gonna get some great guests and we're gonna line some things up. But it will be it'll be we'll be flying under the Transpire Media banner. So I, I want to send a shout out to Anunci Matrix, all the people at Transpire Media, and let them know that, yes, I'm going to be a part of this effort, and let's get in it to win it. Thank you, Carly, um, for all you do, honestly. And like I have already said to people that have listened to my episodes with you, um, that you are a great friend, a comrade, and I am privileged to be able to struggle with you, and I and I highly uh I, I highly am grateful that I am learning so much with from people like you and Karel and Chris and all of our comrades in Connecticut. Um, so th this is always such a good time to have you on here. Unfortunately, with situations that are arising here in the United States where you see the right wing is choosing just like how they did before in the past uh, when the civil rights movement was very high volume. They decided to attack things like abortion um, um, and women's rights to try to keep people uh, 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 devised, this, the, the working class, to keep the working class devised. And now they're doing it with our, our trans people, our fellow trans community, um, to try to keep us divided from our trans community. And we have saw things, and for interest, I love how you mentioned the, the parallel of what happened in Tennessee, but what we should focus on also, what happened in Montana, um, a, a, a represent representative Zoe, who was uh, removed uh, from being able to speak, which she is literally an elected official. And you see the same parallel with the two black um, representatives in Tennessee who was also uh, removed from speaking. And this is honestly unfounded to me in, in my political education on how America runs. And it's, it, this is literally showing a example of, of how fascism is, is uh, arising. Um, because like Lenin said, cap fascism is capitalism in decay. 
and we have always made those jokes about late stage capitalism and we are honestly seeing it right now if but maybe you can correct me if i'm wrong maybe we're not there yet but we are definitely seeing those those fascist uh aspects <laughs> oh, we, oh oh come on now we seeing this yeah we're seeing it but we've been seeing this for quite some time we've been seeing this long before this particular moment but for those who may not who may have forgotten the story or may not be up on it you remember three weeks ago you had you had the Tennessee three speak out and two members of that group, two members of that group of three lawmakers in Tennessee who stood up and said, no, we need real gun control. It right. was after the, the mass shooting in Nashville that it happened a few days before those two representatives, the two black legislators, both black men, both duly elected. And they told, and they were basically thrown out of office. They were thrown out of office. Now, how in the world can you be thrown out of office when the people have voted you in office? Was there an ethical breach? No, there was not. There was no ethical breach. There was nothing that they did that was that's ethically wrong. They, they said that they violated rules by disrupting things, and it was a matter of decorum. Well, Representative Justin Pearson and Representative Justin Jones didn't take it lying down. They, they, they rallied the people. The people marched on Nashville and said, right. no, you will not throw out, you will not throw out our voices. And their city commissioners, county commissioners in the districts agreed because even after these bold weevil Gilead right-wing Confederate Republicans threw them out, their constituents immediately said, no, we're sending them back to you. And you will have, and by law, you have to receipt them. All because they said, no, we need real gun control now. We need real measures on this now. And they and they said they it was a decorum breach and they disrupted the floor. And the protests were now notice how the Republicans are calling the protests both in Tennessee and Montana insurrections. Uh they forgot January yep. 6th. <laughs> yep. They're trying to make but now new you saw it again in the last week <laughs> with Representative Zoe Zephyr. Zoe Zephyr elected from Missoula. She is the first, she is the first transgender person to be elected to the state legislature in Montana in Montana in their history. And it was due to a bill that would ban affirming health care for transgender youth in the state. Mm -hmm. And she said something on the Senate floor before the vote where she looked at her colleagues, those who were supporting this bill and said, if you vote for this bill, because of the harm that it will do the transgender youth, whenever you, we have the morning invocation, that morning prayer, every day when we open, you're going to look down at your hands as you pray. And you're going to see blood on your hands. Yep. That's all she said. Now, they said that the remarks were inflammatory. And again, they were a breach of decorum. I've heard much worse <laughs> in politics than what she said. And here's the thing. She told them the truth. But you know right. what they did first? They didn't call on her. First, they didn't call on her. First, the Speaker of the House, Republican, wouldn't call on her. And then this group called the Montana Freedom Caucus. Notice all these Freedom Caucuses that are full of ultra right-wing reactionary fascists. The Montana Fast Caucus wrote this press release saying we're going to call for her censure and we're going to call her to be suspended for the rest of the session. And oh, by the way, they misgendered her through the entire, all this press release. And that's one thing I wish that the national press would would discuss the fact that and they, they never felt did. the need to demean and dis and disrespect her. Right. And they had a vote on this. They had a vote on this. This vote happened four days ago. 
And the vote was basically a party line vote because the Republicans have a super majority in Montana in Montana's legislature. They voted to basically say that you can't be in the chamber for the rest of the session. You will not be allowed to speak on any legislation for the session. So her district in Missoula has about 11,000 people in it. Those 11,000 people have no representation. For all intents and purposes, they, they have no representation. Now, the beauty of this is a couple few days ago on MSNBC, Representatives Pearson and Jones from Tennessee made a joint appearance with Representative Zephyr. And they all said that, no, we stand with each other. We stand together in solidarity. That's important to see. Yeah. Because the intersections matter. <clears throat> to all those who say that, L that, LG that the LGBTQ community cannot, should not take the civil, the civil rights movement should not be a model. Think again. It's all one movement. It's all the same fight. Yep. These intersections matter. First off, to, to black folks in the audience who say that nonsense, um, here are two black LGBTQ folks in front of you right now. I want you to think about that for a second. We can't be a part of this movement, is right. what you're telling me. If that's the case, then I'll, then I'll tell you <laughs> what. I want, if you're wearing a James, if you got James Baldwin on your bookshelf, take the James Baldwin off your bookshelf. Take it right off. Take it right take it off. off. You got Richard Wright in your bookshelf, take him off the bookshelf. If you like riffing some Langston use, stop it. Gay, gay, gay. You, you, oh, oh, you, it's really oh, you that spend, simple. You, you spend all those Audrey Lord rhymes. She's a lesbian, can't do it. Yeah. Is that Octavia Butler, Butler on your bookshelf? Got to remove it. Right. How are you going to tell me I cannot be a part of this common struggle when me and mine have been a part of this common struggle? You're going to tell me, by you, you're going to tell me you're going to, you're going to, you're going to kick Bayard Rustin to the curb. There's no movement without him. He was the architect. Yeah, and, and, and like dispelling that, but, the notion that black queerness has always been a part of black liberation. And it is a part there's of no, our culture. There's no black liberation from L to Z from there's no black liberation from A to Z without LGBTQ. Yeah. Let's let's understand this. If if all of us aren't free, none of us are. But it's important to see, it's good to see these lawmakers who have been under fire coming together and, and letting people know that. The, that all these fights matter. If we say we're standing up for democracy, then we all got to stand up for democracy together as a unit. Right. The one thing I would say farther all of them is you need to understand, however, that as long as you have the system the way it is, you will not have a democracy. Because it's deeper. It's a lot deeper than just the simple matter of it's a lot deeper than just the simple matter of trying to get your voice heard in the legislature. It's more than that because they've already shown they're willing to take your voice away. Yep. And that's a beyond a democracy problem. That's a systemic problem because now you have a system where that voice can be taken away. And as I Under like the to say, guys the, that the solution, we have the best yes. democracy. Under the guise that hey, we have the best I democracy. I believe the solution <laughs> is revolution. Yes, exactly. But that's, but also, no, but one thing to talk about is that word decorum. See, decorum is always used as a means to keep the voices of, especially the voice of the black and brown down. 
because they want to talk about, oh, it's decorum. Oh, you're not speaking out the right way. And I'm still I can here, tell sorry. you, to a lot of these reactionaries speaking, you know what the wrong way is? You open in your mouth. <laughs> and that's what we're seeing right here. Right. That's what we saw in Tennessee and Montana. And that's what we're seeing with the representative in Oklahoma that they're treating the same way right now. Yep. This is happening right now in this country. And it's and people, we need to continue to do what the folks in Tennessee did, what folks in Montana did. They marched on their state capitals and said, no, we will be hurt. They were there. And yes, yep. there's a new and again, being a journalist, I call the press out on this. Don't let them get away with calling these riots and insurrections. These were people who are exercising their lawful right to protest their grievance against their government. Right. And it should be reported as such. But they're not going to report it like that. And this don't shows... Take, don't take the, the framing of the fash. Right. They frame it too well. And I don't... And I'm kind of sad that people can't catch on to it as much as... I guess you have to know about why they are framing it like this to, to catch it. But also... There's an understanding that this is a perspective. It's definitely a perspective piece. It's not giving you exactly what's going on. It's telling you from the ruling class perspective what's going on with these. Oh, with the, oh with absolutely. But, it, but to most of us, come on. If you if you're melanated, you understand where what happened in Tennessee and Montana. You get it, right? You understand it. See. It doesn't take a rocket science to figure it out. If you're a melanated person like we are, you get it. And what you get it is, you see, what they told them to, those two lawmakers, those two brave men in Tennessee, and what they told that brave woman in Montana is, is you got a little bit too uppity. We have to shut you up. Right. Don't you get uppity in our legislature. Now, being black with 51 years experience and having that pre-existing condition, I know that power projection. Come on. I know it when I see it because I've been because I've been in the crosshairs of it. Right. And that's what they told. You better know this was about placism. You better know your uppity, you uppity blacks, you uppity trans. You better know your place. That's what what we saw, what we were seeing in this country the last three weeks. And they're going to keep doing it again and again and again until we stand together against it. Because right now these people are they're they are really seeing their inner bull Connor. Yeah. They're really they're really channeling that channeling that right now. All they don't have are the dogs and the fire hoses. And if we're not careful, that's coming. That's coming. Yeah. And, other things. and, and being we already seen that. Oh yeah. Stonewall in this country. I'm seeing it. Oh stone. Yeah, but now, but you see, Stonewall. Stonewall. That hey. A lot of people don't realize that's 54 years ago, but they a lot of people look at that. It was 54 years ago. But to me, with mm -hmm. what I'm seeing right now, Stonewall is right now. Mm. Selma is right now. Mm. Birmingham is right now. And you don't think and you don't think there could be another Birmingham? Yeah. We're already seeing it. We're already seeing it when the church gets firebombed because they sponsored a drag brunch. We're already seeing it. A drag brunch. A drag, but oh, oh we're gonna we're gonna get there too. Don't yeah. get me wrong, we're gonna get there too because we know what that but we, we know what that's really about. Right. These are the, the reactionaries are saying, and in in some ways, because the reactionaries know they're losing, they're they've lost so much ground. 
in terms of the system, in terms of culture, they've lost so much ground. This is, they have, they're fighting desperately to keep something. Right. And that's the, and this is a sign of that desperation. But the thing is though, if we don't continue, if we don't continue to push against it and push against it, even as they're losing, they still can hold on for a long time. Martin Luther King said it best that while that arc of the, that arc of justice is, is long, injustice tends to stay breathing for a long time. Yeah, and we see that now with the Supreme Court. How since yeah. they're not getting the will of the the the, uh, the votes of the people, they're moving in strategic power. They're oh, using but power. not only that, they're, they're taking away your vote by changing the rules of the game. Right. Yep. While they distract you with all this nonsense, they they're changing the rules of the game. Oh yeah. <laughs> um, healthcare and sports. Um, I mean, I for for one have not seen this talked about so rapidly since COVID, and now all of a sudden it's like always talked about twenty four seven and having conversations with people um, individually, especially on just the healthcare part. Um, a lot of people are just assuming that there's there's legislation out there that are just letting children be whatever they want to be and, and get a sex change whenever they want to get a sex change. Like, you're just saying all these things. And I'm just like, have you looked into this really? Or this is what you assume is what it is? Because Connecticut has Medicaid, and Medicaid has one of the for, in my opinion, um, best standard of like for elder capitalist uh, system for LGBTQ. Well, you you talking about Husky, I take it. Yeah, I'm talking about You're Husky. You're talking about yes. Husky. See, but let's talk about this. First off, anybody who says that, oh, they're letting kids do this and that, they're lying to you. Yes. Okay, troops, <laughs> let, let's, get, let, let's get down to the ballistics here. Number one, no child is having any type of affirming surgeries. A surgeon won't talk to you till you're 18 years old. Yeah. So anybody who's telling you, oh, we're letting these kids have these transgender surgery. No, that's not happening. Anyone who tells you it's happening, they're lying to you. Right. They're lying to you. But you see, that's yeah. one of the things in regards to all these issues about transgender people. See, they know they're lying, but they but they are betting on the fact that you don't know they're lying. Well, I'm here to tell you as a trans person who knows her stuff. They're lying to you. Right. And that's not just me saying that. If you want names of physicians who will be more than happy to walk you through it, I'll give you names. But that's not happening. Do you want to know what affirming health care is for a child who's about eight or nine years old? Because that's that's one thing. I think it was that senator from Alabama, that Tuberville guy, yeah. who said this. Lousy football coach and a lousy politician. He said, like, oh, these eight-year-olds are having... Do you want to know what affirming care at eight years old is? One, getting whatever that child's name is right. Two, getting whatever pronouns they tell you they are right. Three, affirming them, loving them, backing them up. And four, making sure that their spaces in the world are safe for them to be in. That's their school, their activities, et cetera, et cetera. That's it. That's all it is. You're not starting to talk about anything like puberty blockers until you reach puberty. Now, now, let's talk about those for a second. Mm -hmm. A lot of people throw that around. Yes. Puberty blockers, number one, are not experimental. They've been used for about 70 years. One. 
Two, they're often used in cases of precocious puberty, i.e. kids who are starting puberty really, really early before their bodies have a chance to catch up or their and their mental and they are able to process what's happening. What puberty blockers do, they're completely reversible because all they do is stop the clock a little bit, give gives a child and their family and their healthcare professionals time to really figure things out. And then you go into the next step. It could be it could be hormone replacement therapy. It could be not. If it turns out the kid's like, no, this isn't what I am at all, then fine. You stop the blockers and the process continues as, yeah. as the process moves forward. Yeah. But if they are deciding, no, I'm trans, I need to transition, this is who I am, then you can make decisions. Mm-hmm. That's all it is. And by the way, children are not walking into a doctor's office and saying, I want hormones, and they're passing them out like candy. No, that is a lie. Yeah. Nothing happens. Nothing happens without a parent signing off on it, and that's anywhere in this country. Yeah, and that's and and, and where we live in Connecticut has some as some of the highest access in this country to affirming health care yeah. for anyone, um, youth, adults, whatever. But even but with adults, even so, with adults, and I can say this from experiences working with endos, working with doctors, they're very conservative about how they go about things and very methodical about how they go about things. They're, they're even more so with youth. And this isn't done without parents signing off on it and healthcare professionals looking at it every step of the way. It's a team approach. Mm. And I don't believe the state should have the right to interfere with that. Mm. And that's exactly what the reactionaries are trying to do with this. Right. They're trying to interfere with basic health decisions. They're trying to interfere with bodily autonomy decisions. Now, we talked about intersectional issues within all this. That's abortion. That's reproductive health care. That's all it is. It's a matter of my body, my choice. Yeah. And the real sad thing when they're doing, and now that they are going after youth, you have like 18 states that have passed these bans on health care for youth. Now, these, some of these same states are saying, we're going to ban it for everybody. They're going after me. They're going after my right to make the decision, my health care decisions the way I see fit. As a grown-ass woman. <laughs> exactly. As a grown-ass woman. But my thing is, though, you got to stop this stuff early on. You got to stop it at the point of attack. And the point of attack is when they're going after kids. And they don't give a dang about kids. They gave a dang about kids. You wouldn't have all these school shootings. Right. And, right. and one of the worst in the history of this country took place just down the road from the both of us. Yep. Yep. But and that's and- the basis. They're trying, they're trying to get you all get people all ginned up about health care when the when you notice they don't talk anybody, and that's another another indictment on the press. If because I saw this today on Meet the Press. Saw this this morning on Meet the Press. You've got Chuck Todd and what's his name? Ram Swamy, that that wannabe Republican tech guy who wants to be run run for president th- next year. Yeah. His face is showing. You a have lot. two cis people talking about a trans issue. You mean to tell me you couldn't you couldn't get one trans person on that panel to talk about this? Meet the press has done it at NBC News Studios in Washington. Aaron Reed from the Aaron in the Morning Substack lives right down the street. <laughs> she lives right down the street. You mean tell me you couldn't make a call and get a car down there to get her down to the studio to give a trans side of all this? No, no, they couldn't. They couldn't. 
And that's literally what I've been talking about. I'm like, when people like ask me these dumbass questions, I'm just like, have you noticed that they just don't make an effort to bring on the people that they're talking about to to, no, to come on the show? Like they always bring up somebody that's adjacent from the community and just says, oh, they're an expert on some reactionary part. Um, like it, it's or, always that. Or they bring somebody who's a foil like a Caitlyn Jenner or that or that Chloe Cole individual, the, yeah. the quote unquote, the detransitioner who they tried out and saying, like, look at what these doctors did to me and look at all that. Oh, that person. They bring, a and and more right people, now. more people will believe. <laughs> A lie a cis person tells about trans people than what actual trans people say about themselves. Right. Right. And it's it's just absolutely disgusting. And when it we is. talked about the bills that you were saying and like how the healthcare is ran, you hear the exact opposite from the public. They don't know this. And I tell them that this is not true. And they look at me like I'm a liar. And I'm like, but have you read? Have you read into this or are you just going off the conversation? Oh, they're letting them do what they want. Like how that cat identity cat thing was actually not a real thing, but everyone believed it because everybody was talking about, oh, kids are identifying oh, as Oh, you're talking about the kids in the school saying like kids are identifying as cats. And they yeah. know, but, but you see, again, that's what I'm talking about. The people that are ginning up this hysteria, be it about healthcare, be it about sports, be it about public accommodation, you know, they bring back bathroom bills. 12 states are looking at bathroom bills. One of them is the state I grew up in. They're looking at bathroom bills. These people know they're lying about this. When, when Connecticut passed the human rights law back in 2011, which, which affirmed gender identity as protected class, prior to that, there was a study done of crime statistics in Connecticut for 40 years. And they were directly looking at assaults in bathrooms. And they found something like 2,800 or so incidents of this. Not a single assailant was trans. Not a single one. And after all this is broken down, the lobbyists who tried to pass, who tried to, who tried to peddle all this hysteria, they admitted it. Five years later, in 2016, they admitted that the bathroom the bathroom thing was a lie. We knew it was a lie. We knew the numbers didn't add up. But we sold it anyway because you know you won't look at the studies for yourself. So we sold it to you and you bought it. Mm. And it's the same thing with the sports issue. Right. A bunch of, bunch of reactionaries get you all ginned up. And, the, and by the way, that hysteria started right here in Connecticut. Yeah. Oh, really? It started here. It started here. Thank you, Connecticut. Thank remember, you. remember. Um, it's been four. It's been about four years since you heard the names and dry a year wouldn't Terry Miller. But right. the hysteria started here, and it was and it was unfounded nonsense. And for those of you who are still trying to peddle the nonsense, especially those who try to put Connecticut in their mouth when they're trying to pass this in their state, yes, it's true. And Dry and Terry ran high school track in Connecticut, won 15 state championships between them. The kids who are suing them alongside those character assassins from the Alliance Defending Freedom, or as I like to call them, the Alliance Defending Fascism, those kids want to combine 33. All three of them are competing at the college level. One of them has a scholarship to a Power 5 university. She's at Tennessee now running track. 
And Drya and Terry got no scholarship offers. None. Oh, wow. oh, by the way, they're still talking about them, and they haven't been in a high school in, th in like almost four years. Both of them will be rising seniors in college next year. Most of the people involved in this lawsuit nonsense that the ADF is coming back to the state to start again, they're going to be out of college by the time the case comes up again. So you're basically torturing these kids when they're not even a part of that school system anymore. And oh, yeah. No. Oh, no. Those two got dragged through the mud. Um, The, the Connecticut Republicans tried to raise money off of it. They and, they want to raise money off that hysteria. So, okay, and, and let me say this. That's what they do to trans people. Let me say this, um, people. Make that boogeyman. This is not new. They have always no, done this. They have always used these examples it, to keep people oh, yeah. separate and talking. What, is about. what did Angela Davis say? The system enemies are necessary for, to perpetuate the system. Right. Enemies are necessary. They and we're just seeing it again. Enemies. It just so, yeah, it just so happens it's trans people that are getting it's trans people that are the target. And overseas, it's the Russians, it's it's anybody Middle Eastern, especially yeah. Palestinians. Oh, oh, and we haven't even gotten into this is how this is how low they can go. They're really they're really targeting drag queens now. Yeah. Tennessee they're really they're, tar they're targeting drag, which is which what the really is. It's just a backdoor way of targeting trans people because you know they conflate trans people with drag queens, which you shouldn't right. do. Right. That's not saying that that's not saying that there aren't trans people that are drag performers because I know some who are. Mm -hmm. and it's a beautiful art form, yeah. but but again, they know they're lying, but they really believe that you don't know they're lying, and that's just another example of these drag bills are so asinine. Yeah. It's absolutely. It makes no sense. I mean, drag drag performers aren't coming after your kids. It takes a priest well, to do that. Yeah, <laughs> I say the same shit all the time. Yeah. But 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 you see, but that's but that's where we're at. We're talking about late stage capitalism. This is where we are. This is where we are right now. The system so needs enemies that it finds anything to make anything to get you ginned up, anything to get you afraid. Who was the enemy in Nazi Germany? Mm, well, well, <laughs> it, well, you know, it was one. It was, the, of course, it was the Jews. But guess what else? Remember, yep. they went after all those. They went after all those LGBTQ people there too. Yep. The biggest treasure trove of info, the biggest trove of information about LGBTQ people in the world. Yep. And the Nazis burned it down to the ground. Yep. Yep. But again, intersectional. They went at they they targeted a lot of groups. And it's the same thing. The fast will target, the fast will find what's the weakest link we can go at? What's the link we can scare people with? And and the link and one of those links they scare people with is is a drag king or a drag queen walking into a library to read books to kids. <laughs> And yes. and that's what gets me. How come, how come the again news media, call them what they are instead of saying they were, they were counter pro they were protesters against it. No, call them fash. No, armed fascists, the Proud Boys or Nazis or whoever they were, they were were trying to intimidate a library or a coffee shop. 
Let's and have that's exactly run. what you see on the media. When you look on, not not the media, the social media. When you look on social media, you look at these live feeds. These are far white nationalist parties. <laughs> you're right. You're right with that. They are far white and far right. <laughs> far white and far right nationalist parties that are blocking entrance to a drag show. And then they put on all these videos and they try to fit the narrative. It's a small amount of time mm-hmm. in the video, but they, it's enough time for them to fit whatever narrative they want to fit in. And it's just annoying. Like, I got into an argument with a podcaster about this, and I'm just sitting here, like, I'm literally wasting my time on this podcast arguing about this dumb gaslighting shit. <laughs> <laughs> like, yes, but you're, like but you're not but a part of my community, but, but you're telling why. me what my community is. Yeah. Like, but, straight but white Jamar, man. that's a reason why I'm a socialist. <laughs> right. That's one of the reasons why I'm a socialist because it takes a socialist to stop a fascist. And I mean, and it's something, it's something our good friend Kirill Stacklow says best. And Kirill Stacklow grew up in Russia. So uh, with a with a keen eye toward the history of his homeland. And one thing that, that and one thing that Carol says often is that the experience of the war for a Russian is that fascism cannot be allowed to live anywhere and everywhere. It cannot be allowed to live. Right. Fascism must be stopped everywhere. And and we take that we have to take that ethos now because that's what we're seeing. That's what we're seeing with with this nonsense with this farce that we're seeing right now, be it anti-drag bills, which I think are superfluous and, and absolutely stupid and mindless. There's all of a sudden this demonization of a community, this fetishization towards firearms and imperialism and military power. This idea that the enemy is, is weakening our culture, but at the same time, they're too strong for us to fight. I mean, the 14 stages of fascism, they're running all of them right. Right. at the same time. And it is time for the working class, especially, to wake up and realize what's happening to you. Right. And it's happening to you, not just here, but it's happening to you at your workplaces. Because, And one reason they're cracking, they're trying to crack down on unionization because since the COVID crisis... Um, organizing has come back breathing fire. Yeah. When I places mean, that you didn't expect to organize are organizing and they're winning, like like you never thought you see a union at Amazon. Well, you got one. You didn't got think one. you see unions at Starbucks, you got one. You didn't think you'd see unions in the video game industry. Right. Now you got them. Right. I mean, look, even my my uh union teamsters, they're 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 kicking up fire now. And, yes. And and that's a very big deal because in certain Teamsters contracts, like for my union, um, we're not allowed to protest. But I'm seeing te- Teamster groups like in UPS, they're going against that clause in the contract with no problem. <laughs> it's mm-hmm. like, and what are you going to do? You're going to fire everybody? <laughs> You're going to fire the whole union? No, you can't. Well, but you see, we're realizing, and it's funny that we're having this, we are having this conversation on the night before May Day. Yes. On the night, and it's important to understand, no, labor, the real Labor Day is May 1st. 
If you really want to celebrate workers and worker solidarity, it's on May 1st. Yes. And and it's good that we're seeing that because people are starting to realize and get hip to what's going down. Now we just got to start bringing those parts together. And and just beyond the fight of the moment. I mean, whether that fight is regulating firearms, whether it's reproductive rights, whether it's LGBTQ rights, whether it's against police brutality, whether it is whether it is justice in regards to the climate, regards to food, regards to housing. We have all these separate fights, but we all have to realize how all those fights are interconnected. And by virtue, getting in all the fights, because we realize that each fight require each fight, there's a connection to another one. Nope. These rising food prices, they're connected to climate, they're connected to climate change. I mean, food is a climate justice issue. Just like how housing is connected to environment, it's connected to your economics, it's connected to employment. All those housing is a labor issue. My rights are a labor issue. Because when you're seeing anti-trans nonsense, when you're seeing systemic transphobia and discrimination being passed, that's dividing the working class against our common interest. Yes, it is. So So you can keep fighting for better wage, better benefits, and have to do it year after do it every few years with your next collective bargaining agreement but you get weaker and weaker because they keep the, they keep breaking off pieces of your union with all these other struggles that you that you sign on yep when you sign on to discrimination against lgbtq workers in the workplace what are you doing you're not protecting your workplace you're weakening your base for your union yes you are it's, yo carly carly Everything that you are saying is literally the conversations I be having with people. And it's just, it's like, how do we, like, we have a lot of work to do to get our community working class to fully understand. I understand that repeating myself could be annoying, but everyone is repeating themselves that are truly work fighting for the working class. But but the thing is, though, we have to do, (laughs) but the thing is, though, we have to do the work. Right. We have to do the work. I have and, to talk And to part them. of that work is being <laughs> in is being in these places, being right. in these spaces, and being in these faces. No matter how much I get annoyed, I have to be there. Yes, we <laughs> we have to educate. And that go and that goes on all of us. Yeah, I know it's emotional labor. I know it's difficult, but we gotta we have to be prepared to educate. And that right. means we have to do that in our unions and in our workplaces and continue to do it and continue to do it. But we have to do it less from the lens of securing our rights and more to of the lens of securing liberation. Right. Exactly. Because, and I mean, one word I never use is the term civil rights. Because yeah. civil rights seems too small. You know, I like what Brother Malcolm said. We're not talking about civil rights. We're talking about human rights. Who was see, also bisexual, reason, by the way. <laughs> and No, but the point is, is that, the point is, is that, when we're talking about human rights, it's a much bigger picture. Right. Because we're talking about all of us. Right. We're talking about something bigger. We're talking about something global. It's bigger than that. Right. And the one and the one thing for me that keeps me going is to go forth into people. For example, 
me being a person who's recently a part of a union that's starting in my own workplace. Congratulations, girl. The one thing that I want, the one thing that I that I tell union people as an organizer, yeah, it's great that you're fighting for these things, but imagine if you didn't have to negotiate a collective bargaining agreement every three years because now you run your workplace. Mm -hmm. Imagine, if you will, that when you don't have to lobby for your child to be safe in the school and make sure their pronouns are affirmed and make sure they don't get bullied because our schools are not ran on a paradigm of let's just hurt them through, get them out as profit centers. Imagine medicine in this country that's not driven by profit. Imagine a nation to where there's no profit to train your guns on the world because profit's not the motive anymore. Again, the solution is revolution. And that's why I'm a socialist. Because we can't keep living the way we're living. Hell, Mother Nature's telling you this. Mother Nature's telling you this. The idea of perpetual growth and profit forever is a fallacy. The only thing that's going up is the average temperature. Right. And the part and the carbon dioxide parts per million. That's the only thing that's going up. <laughs> not your 401k, not your stock options. The only thing that's sure to go up right now are those two factors. Mm. And those two factors are going to have a direct effect on your life. And there are people who are admittedly and the people who want to perpetuate this and tell you that it's not happening. They're the same people who say, well, we're going to be dead when it does happen because they know what's happening. Once again, it's just like with transphobia. The people that are trying to sell you that the climate's not a problem know they're lying. Yep. They know they're lying, but, they, but they're betting that you don't know. A and perfect they're, example they're using the how, fact that you don't know. Yeah, no. They're literally exploiting the fact that a, you don't a perfect, know. A perfect example of this is... The interesting paradox. Who, what entity on this earth spends the most money researching climate change? EPA? Oh, no. You're oh, on the no, right um, track, though. Oil companies. You're on the right track with no, the EPA. No, that isn't them? Oh, oh okay. You're, you're on the right track with the EPA. <laughs> Even though I think oil companies are definitely in the top five. Yeah. You want to know who's studying? You want to know who's spending the most money on studying climate change? The United States Department of Defense. I mean, that makes sense. They should because their wars are a huge cause of what. Oh, that's is. oh, that's U.S. climate policy war. Yeah. That's U.S. resource policy war. That's so, U.S. water policy war. That's U.S. food policy war. Yeah. Our nation's climate policy is resources are going to dry up. So we're going to build the biggest military machine to kick ass on anybody's got resources. I mean, why do you think that why do you think the United States is nervous as hell that they're that they're that a group of South American countries want to start a lithium OPEC? Oh, yeah. I mean, think about this. They want to start an OPEC for lithium because think about it, we want to electrify everything. We want to build this electric car industry. Where do you think you're getting them batteries from? Yep, they're even talking about evading Mexico. Like mm, invasion that, of countries. Why we want you got lithium, we want it, we'll take it. And this is what they went over to Bolivia for. For to yeah, drop oh, memories. Oh, 
Oh this yeah, is... that, but but you see, that's what the United States. That's what the United. Now it's interesting. Can you imagine Pinochet two electric boogaloo? Mm-hmm. That's the talk because Chile is talking about no this lithium. We nationalizing this. <laughs> right now, now why did the United States whack Allende? Because he said all these resources. Nope, we're nationalizing this. Yep. And, and Mexico nationalized but, lithium. Um, was it? Yeah, they It was last year, right? Yeah. Last but also year. think about the other thing Mexico's doing. Mexico re- Mexico recently said, oh, since they're going to ban abortion in Texas, we'll give you asylum. Come to Mexico. <laughs> Come to- oh, yeah, that's right. They did do that. Oh, my God. <laughs> Come to Mexico. <laughs> Come to- oh, my God. But, that, but, but you see that. <laughs> I forgot they did that. <laughs> no, but that, but, but this is, the, but to me, this is the type of country. The United States is becoming more and more of an armed madhouse. And they're, and you can vote blue until you're in a chokehold and you turn blue. Yeah. Look and there's this map. I like, I, I mean, but what I'd rather see is what a good comrade of ours in the party, Morgan Artikina, says very often let's turn all the red states into real red states. Yes. And Truly that's right. when, and, and there's a way to do that. No. And now we're going to come to the pitch the book portion of the program. Yes. I told you I was going to Merv Griffin you and sell a book. There's a book. <laughs> That the PSL, that the PSL fact. Let me get it up here. Yep, let me get it up here, Syria. It's called Socialist Reconstruction: A Better Future for the United States. Do you want to have an idea of what socialism look would look like? Um, a group of scholars and authors and experts in a in a number of disciplines: agriculture, client climate science, environment, transportation, infrastructure, education, medicine. They all got together and said. How can we do it differently? And we put together a book called Socialist Re- Reconstruction, A Better Future for the United States. Jamar's got the got the link on where you can get this book. I'm telling you, get it, read it, really think about it, and really look at it because I'm a believer that a better world is possible. I'm a believer that a better United States is possible. And I think if we can, you know, know we, we say often that the United States is the belly of the beast. Well, we got to do the work here. If we my- can make systemic, if we can make systemic change here, it can spread across the world. And now is the time. There's no better time than the fierce, as Martin Luther King said, the fierce urgency of now. See, you got a copy, I got a copy, and I'm and I'm serious. Grab this. <laughs> give it an honest read. Give it an honest read to look at how we can do different because I believe we can do different. And that's the thing, Jamar, we can do different. And I think, and more so, we have to do different. The future of our planet depends on us doing it in a different way. We're not going to keep doing things the way we're doing things and expect to get the same results. We're going to get worse results. We're already seeing it. Right. If you don't believe me, take a look around at the weather. Take a look at, take a look at the extreme weather we've gotten here in this last year or two years. Yeah. It's freaking me out that people are like, oh, I'm so glad it's so nice. And I'm like, no, it should not be nice like this in the wintertime. <laughs> yeah, well, you see, that's the thing. And 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 that is the thing. And and we're looking at it from a Western perspective. Mm-hmm. See, and that I, I think that's one of the flaws. We look at it from our Western perspective because 
we're going to be in some ways we in the United States and what's considered the Western world, we're insulated in some ways. Oh, climate change is going to hit us. Yeah. But what we may be seeing 20, 30 years down the road, sub-Saharan Africa, Asia, island nations in the Pacific, they're seeing it now. Yeah. You're starting to see it now. Things are drying up. You're starting to see it. Yeah, and you're starting to see it in the little ways. Right now, it's the little ways that we're seeing it, but it's there. Yep. We're seeing it in the little ways. You're noticing it with the food prices going up. Some of that is supply is the supply chains from COVID, but some of that's climate change. And oh, by the way, COVID should have taught you. COVID was like the snit was like the trailer for the movie. <laughs> in some ways, yes, it was. COVID was a trailer. COVID showed you, COVID showed you two things. One, what public health could look like when you don't have it. Yep. Yep. And let's face it. We're we're a nation. We had the worst public health response to COVID of any developed nation in the world. We lost the most people. Yeah. The United States nation. lost the most people, but more so, it was need. But here's the real sad thing: it was needless. The United States has the re- had the resources to pull it together. Why weren't those resources utilized? Because it wasn't in profit to do so. Same way with the vaccines. It's funny. There's still a lot. There's still parts of the world still ain't got vaccine shot number one yet. Because we got to hoard it. And at the same time, we put an embargo on a nation that not only developed effective vaccines against COVID, they were going to give them away. You know, yep. a country called Cuba. You might have heard of it. <laughs> might Oh, because of the I think blockade, I heard of that country. Because of, because of El Blackeo. <laughs> because of the blockade. All Cuba, Cuba was offering the vac. Cuba built built vaccines that were every bit as effective as Pfizer and Moderna, and they and they said not only do we have vaccines that work as well. Yep, we'll give them to you. We'll give them to you. And they was like, what? And no and, and they were like, <laughs> they were like, no, no, wait a minute, no profit, no, 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 can't do that. Get out of here. With and that. I find it interesting. The United States couldn't pull a response to the United States lost all those people with all these resources. Couldn't put a re, couldn't put a, an effective response to COVID together in some way still hasn't. Nope. Yet nations like Vietnam. They they lost like maybe 25 people <laughs> in the time that the United States lost 25,000. They lost 25. Yep. And they were effective in mobilizing their populace to build masks. And some of those masks landed in the United States because the United States bought them. Yep. And then on the other side, you want to you want to make an enemy of China. Yet remember, China China needed a hot. China said, "Okay, this this COVID thing's getting real. We need a hospital built." And they built a thousand bed hospital in like what eight days. And there's a video on it United, too, by the way. The, what was that? <laughs> there's a whole video on it too, by the way. Yeah. The people don't believe it. Like it literally the United, shows. Meanwhile, the only thing the United States does with health in eight days is close a the hospital. They'll do. They'll close a the hospital in eight days too. They'll close a the hospital in eight minutes. But when but when push came to shove, and see, and that's another thing we want to make. But again, enemies are necessary. Be it trans kids in like Texas. Or Arkansas, 
or an or an an island 90 miles off the coast of Florida that you still make an enemy of after 60 years. Yep. The world cannot afford we can't afford to make enemies of the world. Especially when we got a big ugly looming enemy called climate change coming upon us. And here we are, we're not only making enemies abroad, we're making them here at home. They pointed they pointed a person who's doing a drag they 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 point they pointed Rory Roulet and say there's your enemy. Or you point uh you pointed a family who had to flee the state they live in so that the kid wouldn't be persecuted in school and be allowed to get their health care because that kid is trans, and you point at them and say they're the enemy, or they yeah. point at me being trans yep. and being black and say you're the enemy. This that's is, what we're that's what it all comes back to that we have to get past the idea the system perpetually says it needs enemies well my answer to that is the system is the enemy and it must be dismantled trump is just a delusion trump is literally not the biggest problem he's a problem but he's a problem because of the system that we're well, in he's a simple well, and and people are yeah. always talking about him and ignoring what Biden is doing. And, you know. Well, my thing is, all of this is a symptom. Capitalism is the disease. Socialism is the cure. Yep. That's what it comes down to. We yep. already know what the symptoms are because we're seeing the symptoms right now. Yep. And we're, we're seeing the symptoms, whether it's President Biden saying one thing and then doing the exact opposite. Whether it's Donald Trump just opening his mouth <laughs> on policy or whether it's Ron DeSantis yep. who's saying that he wants to roll back everything. This man, this man is so unhinged. He says he wants to ban, he wants to ban black sororities and fraternities. He wants to ban the divine nine from college campuses. That's how unhinged he is. <laughs> I mean that that's how that's how far we're getting. We're getting to the point in this country where the people who want to turn the clock back, they're saying the quiet parts aloud. Yep. You saw that in ten and go back to what we started this started this show with. Tennessee. They said it in Tennessee and Montana. All they said, no, we can't no, we let you blacks get too far. Y'all getting too uppity. We have to shut you down. And you know what? And, I was and, there and, on the- and Representative Zephyr, I don't know how in the world you got elected, but you got uppity, and we got to shut you down. That's what you're seeing. That's how unhinged they're getting. They're going back to the old formulas. Mm-hmm. They're they're telling it to you. They're giving you Bull Connor 101. They're telling it to you. They ain't even. They're not even giving you the polite pretext no more. They're saying point blank. It's, it's rebranding too. too far. What was that? Oh, it's rebranded. Oh, good ass rebranding. <laughs> no, but but here's but the real sad things people are buying it. Yep, that's the real. And you're sad buying part. it out of fear because they're playing upon your fear. Yep. Whenever someone tells you that's not the America, whenever but whenever people are telling you, oh no, they're that's not the America we knew. That's not the America we grew up with. Yep. What they're really saying is. The, Amer- the America of the future is going to be too black, too brown, too gay, too trans, too queer. And if you don't put a stop to it, you won't exist in it. That's a yeah. lie. But again, 
They know they're lying, but they believe you don't know. And that's an and and that is a byproduct of they got They have to maintain the system, and to maintain the system, you need enemies. Just like to maintain capitalism, you need that surplus army of labor, the unemployed, the underemployed, that never will be employed. You need that. You need that cannon fodder. But imagine a world where you didn't. Imagine a world where, imagine a world that's no longer necessary. Where pitting me against you is unnecessary, mm-hmm. because it's not profitable to do it. And that's why we need. <laughs> oh, my that show. Okay, there we go. <laughs> this is why we need this. Mm-hmm. So important. If this is a really good book, people. I've read it. It is. Comrades have read it, and people should get it. And the link is definitely have... in the description with Chardonnay's link, uh, Carly's link as well too. Um, is in the description as well too. Her her show. And also her Twitter. And also, um, I'm gonna need that Substack link when you get a chance to so I can put it. It will be. No, that the <laughs> Substack is coming up tomorrow. I'm gonna get it to you when it go, when it comes up on May 1st. You're gonna get it. And uh, I'm gonna put a lot of things in the Substack. But the biggest thing is I'm not a doom, I'm not a doom and gloomer. Yep. I believe a better world is possible. That's why I'm willing to fight for it. And you know, people and that's stay why here I want and try to, to say that. It. Like we're like, oh, you're always complaining about something. This is what I get from that. And I'm like, no, this is a vision that can better the future for the working class. And I am fully committed to this vision. Just like how you're fully committed to want to go and play video games for the rest of your life or go and drive fast cars for the rest of your life, go and be a doctor for the rest of your life, go and play sports for the rest of your life. I'm fully committed in revolution just as much as you're fully committed and what your uh, favorite thing is to do or your career is to do. This is a sacrifice. This ain't about clout or trying to be known. This is about being a public servant. A lot of our fellow organizers don't even like when the press show up. <laughs> well, see, here, well, like, here's my thing about that. I, <laughs> I do... I do the work I do because I do the work I do for the day when I don't have to do it. Yep. Because honestly, I like playing video games. Right. I like playing sports. In fact, I'm, I want to give a shout out to Reapers women's football <laughs> because we got a big game coming up this week. And we had a, Uh-oh. we had a win over the weekend, had a 36, nothing win over the river City sting over the weekend. Nice. We're two and one in the season right now. And I've had just an enjoyable time. And once again, just the power of inclusion. Because this team is filled with these these brilliant, strong women from all walks of life. Mm-hmm. Some are straight, some are gay. Most are cis. One happens to be trans. And we've all not only accepted each other, but we fight together. Not on that, not only on the field, on that friendly field of strife, but we've gotten to know each other as people away from it as well. And that's an example of what we can do. And that's also an example of sport is the right of the people. Right. I'm a believer that sport can, can, can build bridges. But as long as we keep sport in strictly a for-profit realm, as long as we do, as long as we have a system which says your only way to college is your jumper, that's a problem. That's bombing the bridge. Yep. And once again, that's another guy. Like, I like when people say things like, Oh, 
if you if you let those trans people, if you let trans athletes, and just a note, stop saying trans athletes when you know you mean transgender women. Okay, let, let uh, uh, if you're having the sports discussion, just a quick note. Stop saying oh, so those trans athletes. No, if you're talking about trans women, say that. That's all. Just say that. About. Let's stop dehumanizing people. They don't even know what non-binary I, is. <laughs> yeah. Well, well, you well. Let me put it this way: to quote Kevin Hart, "You gonna learn." <laughs> Because this younger, more and more of this younger generation, they're not identifying with that binary. So you gonna learn if you don't. I don't use they them pronoun. Don't worry, you will because you're gonna have to. If you yep. got a problem with pronouns in the bio, you better figure it out. Figure you better it work out. it out because the fact of the matter is, part of the world and the world is turning whether you like it or not. But. I hear these people say things like, well, if you let these trans athletes play, they don't take away scholarship opportunity. No, no, no. You don't have a transgender problem. You have a access and opportunity problem. You, yep. and, and for many of you, you have a systemic discrimination problem. Yep. There's a cure for that. It's called yep. systemic change. Yep. Ding. <laughs> it's, called, it's called systemic change. You see, if, if, if we have universal college education, then guess what? Your jumper ain't going to matter. You got the grades. You're going. Why? You already paid for it. Right. See, that's the thing that people have to understand in this society. All this stuff you claim you want, you've already paid for it, but you're not getting it. You already paid for universal health care. Originally, that's what Medicare was supposed to be. Yep. You paid for it. Why aren't you getting it? Why aren't you? <laughs> Why aren't you getting it? Why aren't you getting it? Because because of the forces of profit and privatization. That's not you're not getting it. And it's the same reason why why you right now you're letting people scapegoat trans people when the fact of the matter is trans people have nothing to do with the fact that college, you've been priced out of college, out of higher education. Leah Thomas didn't cause that. Nope. Cece Telfer didn't cause that. You don't have a you don't have a trans athlete problem. Again, you got a systemic access problem. And for those of you who disingenuously talk about, well, if you let these trans, if you let these trans people in, then they'll take away opportunities for for people of color and black women. And see, they're trying to divide you. Yeah. And, and let's talk it. about Leah, Leah Thomas real quick because. All right, let's do that. She. Let's do she that. Yeah, I mean, I, I know that. You might not have that much time. Let's let's try for the next twenty minutes if so. But like for instance, I had a conversation on um, fault lines with uh, Jabral Thomas, who oh, I, I saw some of that. I saw some well, of that. High regard, and you know, I tried to talk to him, like to get him to understand that they never mentioned anything about her actual record. When you look at her record, it's the inconsistency of what they are reporting, and and. They're not going to show that because it shows that they're lying about her record. And that has baffled me so hard from the start. Um, it's kind of sad that people are just taking the, oh, they're dominating and they're not well, actually looking well, it's at sad that the we're facts. still. It's sad that this kid, that one year later, this kid is still on, is still the name on everybody's lips. It's yeah. been a year. It's been a year since those since those NCAA championships. It's been thirteen months since then. Yep. yep. And the fact of the matter is, so many of the myth, 
And by now, the truth is out there. It's already been put out there. I've been one of the people that's put it out there, but they're Thank talking you. about the same thing still over and over again because, again, they know they're lying, but they are, are betting that you don't know. Yeah. And most people, unfortunately, don't know. And no. and we're talking about and we're talking about a bigger issue in sports is that a lot of people don't understand one the way transition works, and they don't understand the way sports works. No, and that is what the professional transphobes trade on. Yes. They trade on the fact that you don't know. I mean, yep. think about it. How many people actually watched some NCAA swimming before Leah Thomas? Nobody. Not many. But all of a sudden, <laughs> see, this is what gets me. People who have been lifting their leg on women's sports forever. How in the world can a law firm like the Alliance Defending Freedom and Focus on the Family and the Heritage Foundation, who have done everything they could to kill Title IX, all of a sudden they're the Title IX defenders? Right. That's like saying Thanos is an X-Man. Get right. out of here with that nonsense. It's like Don't believing in that. the FBI, knowing that the FBI tried to kill your community. Like <laughs> it's the same thing. I mean that. I mean, <laughs> I am but, really. Yeah, that's like saying J. Edgar Hoover was a part of the Southern Christian Liberty, um, uh, Southern Christian Leadership Conference. That <laughs> no, no, no. You're not gonna. You're not gonna sell me that. <laughs> and that's the thing. All of a sudden, everybody likes them. All you people who claim to like some women's sports, I got a challenge for you. Buy some merch. Yep. Talk that Buy talk, Carly. Ticket. Show me something. Buy some tickets. Yep. If you're, if you, for example, if you live in Connecticut and you're saying, I want to protect, I want to save women's sport, I want to save women's sports, the Connecticut sun season starts this month. Buy a ticket. Mm. Go to a game. I actually been to two games. <laughs> <laughs> you want to support women's sports? I play on a women. I play on a team. Yep. I play on a women's football team. Come support us. Better yet, if you're if you're a prospective sponsor, hey, sponsor us. We could use that bread. Yep. We could use that bread. We, hey, we're we're trying to. Hey, if you you really want to support women's sports, you know what? If you have a daughter, coach her little league team. Heck, coach the neighborhood little league team. Go down to the girl, the boys and girls club or the Y or whatever and volunteer. If you if this is really important to you, do but those people aren't doing those things. Yep. No, they're not. Because as no. especially, especially the dude bro shock jocks who all of a sudden you you've been you have been completely crapping on women's sports for years. You had never had a kind word to say about women's sport or women in general. All of a sudden, you all of a sudden you found your inner glorious time. Get the hell out of here. I don't want to hear. It. I don't, yeah, do, yeah, exactly. Deuces. I don't want to hear it. I don't. I don't. All ridiculous. Of, all of a sudden, you want to. No, I have no time for the nonsense anymore. And the whole hysteria about whether it was Leah Thomas, whether it was Andrea and Terry, it's nonsense. Brought to you by people who could care less about women's sports or kids or anything else. Yep. Yep. If and you really care, you really care about kids, keep guns out of the schools. You yep. really care about kids, you know what? Passing it, you know, you know something? Quit cutting education every time you need some tax money. Every time you say, oh God. Every municipality in this country at one time or another is like, we got to balance the books. Let's cut education. <laughs> federal, the federal government's like that. Oh, we'll just cut, 
cut the stuff for people. I got an idea. Yep. You know what? I know some welfare you can cut. ADC, aid to defense contractors. You can cut some of that rock welfare. <laughs> you want to cut aid to the people, but it's funny. Cut Pentagon some Raytheon. Get, the Pentagon gets money they didn't even ask for. Yep. Raytheon always gets their food stamps. Check always on time. Mm-hmm. 24 that check, is ne- that check is never late. <laughs> and and but but you see that's but but that's why but that's another reason why we need we can't keep living the way we're living that we got to change the system because I find it interesting that when we talk about oh we need money for we need money for relief after covid mm-hmm. it's funny during during the covid crisis they talk about how we had austerity ain't got no money Zelensky snaps his fingers and all of a sudden there's money they're talking about we don't have any money. All of a sudden, we got money. Yeah, All of a sudden, that, that we from? got money. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Zelensky needs money. Yeah, sure. You know, we got money for war, but can't feed the poor. Yeah. Tupac wasn't lying to you. Tupac will be always be immortal just because of that. Just because of all his songs. But but, like but but think about the truth of it. And it's the yep. same thing with all this stuff. We're always talking about we can't we can't provide. We can't extend human rights to a marginalized community. And, and because we believe that, oh, if if we give rights to trans people, you're taking away rights from us. No. But you see, it's that zero, it's that zero sum thinking. And that's what's hurting us right now. That zero sum thinking is gonna cause our extinction. Yep. My grandma, my grandfather once said it once, he said it best. You goddamn homo sapiens are going to destroy the world. <laughs> he was right. When you think about it. Nikki, my partner, um, she says that all the time. She's like, these damn humans. <laughs> but it but it's true though when you think about it. But when you but 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 that's the thing. But more accurately, it's these dang humans perpetuating a system that is inhuman. That's gonna right. that's gonna hurt us. Right. That ignorance is gonna hurt us. And that's the fact we're seeing. And again, we're seeing we're seeing an example of this system and exactly what we we're just talking about. We're getting all ginned up over a swim meet. Yep. But it really wasn't about a swim meet, it was about the fact that we're afraid that this someone who is different is all of a sudden here. We don't know how to deal with that. Right. And if you extrapolate that, that's the demographic bomb that's hitting this country. Because the numbers show it by 2044, this country is going to be half white and half not. Yep. Yep. And you know, and we have two choices. And we have and we have two choices, really. We either build a multicultural, multiracial working democracy in this country or we have fascism it's going to come those down the, to that. those are the choices now i'm a believer in that multiracial multicultural democracy but i believe the only way we're going to get there is yep socialism <laughs> you're so, not going to get a mo- you're not going to get that democracy 
under capitalism. You're not getting it. Yeah, especially with these career politicians, they have to be abolished. There shouldn't be career well, politicians. That's well, that's but here's the thing. Why do we have see that? But that's the point. The mere facts that serve that serving the it's got to be bigger than just a career. It's got to be bigger than just a profit center. It's got to be actually about serving the people. And you're not going to get that as long as, as long as profit, as long as politics is a sport for profit. As long as that happens, you're not going to get it again. There's a cure for that. It's called systemic change. Because right now you got a system where a politician can be bought. You have a system where, where laws can be bought to be made. I mean, perfect example. How is it that the, I mean, how is it that the pharmaceutical companies have so much sway over health policy? Why? Because they got the money to what? Buy your representative. They yep. bought a Congress that will that'll work it their way. Mm-hmm. He's making good money. Mm, that's what gets me about the one of the biggest myths about trans people. Oh, it's a big pharma conspiracy. If big pharma, if big pharma is making all that bank off of trans people, why is big pharma bankrolling so many politicians who want to take my health care away, who want to take my public, who want to take my human rights away, who right. want to take my right to public accommodations away? Right. Who basically want to say I'm not an American? Because that's what we're really talking about when we're talking about all this, all this anti-trans nonsense. We're really talking about Dred Scott 2.0. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Who is an American and who isn't? That's what mm -hmm. we're really talking about. Mm -hmm. and, and, and because this, that was 1930 Germany. Who is German? Yeah. Who is not? Same yeah. thing here. I was just about to say that. Like, this is literally original ideas of that. Um, I don't want to take more time from you, Carly. Got to get you back on. I got to get you back on, on my second show, Unsavory uh, Politic, so we can get into the nitty-gritty uh well, oh, uh, oh anytime, <laughs> anytime. But but one more time, um, we're gonna we got before I leave. I want to plug the book one more time. Yes, plug it because in. I want to plug it because it's important that people understand. There's a different way of doing this. Yep. There's a there's a different way of doing this, and it, there's a better way of doing this. Isn't that right, Kirby? Yeah, I got my <laughs> little cat here. Oh, Kirk, Kirk, Kirby, and I have read the book together, <laughs> and and. I can tell you, it's we got to do it. I believe a better world is possible, but we have to think beyond a world that's solely of the Exxons for the Amazons by the Raytheons. We have to think beyond that. I mean, think about it. Why are they trying to make China an enemy? Who benefits? Yep. I mean, th think about that. Yep. Why are we trying? We're in a time where we have this big looming enemy coming before us and 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 we're trying to start another war, a war within our country against citizens that we deem not citizens. A war against a war against people coming to our borders because we destabilize their country. Once again, don't talk about don't talk to me about immigration unless you're willing to talk about American hegemony in the third world. Right. I don't want to hear it. Don't talk to me unless don't talk to me about that southern border unless you tell me unless we also talk about what the United States has done beyond that for some that southern border for the last hundred to 150 years. 
really to the last 200 years. Remember, there's a little thing called the Monroe Doctrine. If you're mm-hmm. not willing to have that discussion with me, you can't have that immigration discussion with me. Exactly. You can't. But overall, to those who are fighting, first off, I want to send a shout out to all those who are fighting to make the world better. Whether you're legislators in Tennessee and Montana or people on the street who are marching in these streets right now, mm-hmm. I'll let you know I'm right there with you. Facts. And a special note on this May Day Arise, 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 because I truly believe that we're at that final conflict and we all must take our place. Because the international shall be the human race. <laughs> a better world is possible. Yep. If you're willing to fight for it. <laughs> Thank you so much for coming on, Carly. And I always again, a pleasure, Jamal. I have Comrade heard. Brother Jamal, it's always a pleasure. <laughs> oh, thank you so much, Comrade Carly. <laughs> and again, I have her information in the link below. So definitely check it out. And the link to the book is also there as well, too. So um, buy the book. Definitely Seriously, buy that buy book. book. And it's like um like 18 bucks, I think. So maybe lower. I don't know. I haven't 1895. But it's and worth it's every penny. Investment. Very good investment. <laughs> and people should definitely check it out. And we're going uh, love to have you back on again and keep doing what you're doing all, all in the hey, media. You, keep you on going. What you're doing because it's important. Yep. And I'll see you very soon, my friend. And everybody, night, everybody. have a good night. Blank period, yeah. I'm a black, brown, and indigenous. Gotta holler if you really feeling this. Gotta holler if you really real enough. Other rappers is delirious. Yeah, it's really that serious. Better holler if you really feeling me. I gotta keep it a hundred. If you don't like it, then fuck it. Ay. We gonna win in the end. Yeah, we gonna live in abundance. I gotta keep it a hundred. If you don't like it, then fuck it. Ay. We gonna win in the end. Yeah, we gonna, we gonna, we gonna. I gotta keep it a hundred. We gotta stop all the stunting. You know we coming from nothing. Yo, you talking about money, you bluffing. We gotta do something different. We gotta change how we live in. We gotta do better for women. We gotta do better for children. We gotta listen to victims, whether Jewish or Muslim or Christian. It doesn't matter your religion. You gotta stand against the system, or else you're just another villain. How you just sitting there chilling?